Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Rail. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Joe, we are now in July, and we know how busy of a month that is for the Flyers in the NHL. There's the expansion draft, there's the entry draft, and of course, free agency also kicks off at the tail end of the month. So we figure we're going to talk a little expansion draft. Seattle Kraken, of course, will be getting a player from every team aside from the Vegas Golden Knights. And Joe, their head coach is going to be very familiar with the Philadelphia Flyers. Dave Haxtell, the new head coach of the Kraken, will have a pretty good read on a lot of guys that could be available, given he coached here for parts of four seasons. So we're going to look at the blue line, Joe. Which defenseman the Flyers could lose? Who might be the most appealing to Seattle? And what would be the biggest loss for the Flyers? It's looking like the four defensemen that could be exposed for the Flyers will be Samuel Moran, Justin Braun, Shane Gostaspair, and Robert Haig. If the Flyers protect seven forwards 3D, we're thinking the protected defenseman will be Philip Myers, Travis Sanheim, and Ivan Provrov. Of course, we will not know that until later this month, but let's assume those four, Justin Braun, Shane Gostaspair, Robert Haig, and Samuel Moran will be exposed. Joe, in your mind, let's start with most appealing. Which of those four is most appealing to the Kraken in your mind? Um, so, Jordan, my answer for, the, for both of these is going to be the same. So I'm going to say Shane Gostaspare, and, and here's why. Um, if you look at the Flyers since Shane Gostaspare came up, it's hard to find a time where their offense was really clicking and their power play was really clicking when Shane Gostaspare wasn't in the middle of it. And – the new head coach, Dave Haxtell, was behind the bench when Shane came up to the NHL and he saw what he did that season um, and just kind of revolutionized the whole offense. And, and, you know, in this league, I think a team like Seattle is going to be looking for somebody that drives offense and Shane Gostaspare drives offense. You can find your defensive defenseman somewhere else. And in terms of those other three guys, you have Robert Hay, who's more of a stay-at-home guy. You have Justin Braun, who's, you know, probably in the twilight of his career. And Samuel Moran. Oh, Moran. Samuel Moran has obviously had a serious injury problems during his career. And, you know, ultimately is not reliable in terms of health-wise and experience-wise. So to me, Shane Gossespierre, both experienced, um, now he's had some health problems too, but not 
you know, nearly in the neighborhood of, of a guy like Samuel Moran. Um, but Shane Gosses Bear drives offense. And you know what the identity of that player is. And I think when you're an expansion team, you're looking for players that you know exactly what they're bringing to the table. It's almost like puzzle pieces, building a team from scratch. You know, okay, this guy gives me this and that guy gives me that. When you pick a Shane Goss to spare, you know exactly what that guy's bringing to you. And he drives offense and quarterbacks a power play. And I, I mean, to me, that's the best fit for Seattle if we're talking about those guys to be plucked from the flyers. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I agree. From a Kraken standpoint, I think Shane Gossespierre is going to be really appealing. I think he's the most appealing among that four, Joe, like you said. When you think about it with Dave Haxtell, he did not coach Justin Braun. So, again, you know, Dave Haxtell is not making the pick, but you have to think he's going to influence decisions, of course, with Ron Francis as GM. And you have to think, given he was in Philadelphia for parts of four seasons, Ron Francis is really going to tap into Dave Haxtell's opinion there, really get his insight on these guys, given he is the head coach and knows these flyers well. But he did not coach Justin Braun at all. Um, Samuel Moran, he did not have – for, for many games period because of injuries. And uh, so I really think it could come down between Shane Gossespair and Robert Hag if they were going to take a defenseman. Um, in terms of most appealing, I think it's Shane Gossespair for many reasons. He had his career year under Dave Haxtell, 65 points. He had his breakout rookie season under Dave Haxtell. And like you said, Joe, uh, 28 years old, and a puck-moving, offensive-minded guy that you could really plug in as your number one power play quarterback. Seattle could take him and say, hey, quarterback, our top unit power play, and you're going to get a guy with experience doing that. It's not a guy with upside. It's not a guy maybe towards uh, the later years in his career. He's only 28. Uh, he, he still has the mobility. He's healthy, as we know. He's gone through the knee procedures. He was very healthy this season, looked good, played well, um, looked probably the best he's looked offensively since his career 65-point season in 2017-18. And to boot, Haxtell really got the most out of him and gave him the most freedom. He, he Shane Gossespierre admitted that after the 2018-19 season when he had Scott Gordon as head coach and Hack was fired that year. He had different defensive coaches and Rick Wilson and Gord Murphy. And he and we asked him, which, which coach kind of gave you the most freedom to be you and he said it was under Dave Haxtell. Dave Haxtell was the one that allowed him to kind of open the reins up a little bit, loosen the reins, and let Shane Gossespierre be Shane Gossespierre. So I think Dave Haxtell will have a really good read on Shane Gossespierre, and I think that's probably the most appealing guy to the Kraken. To boot, also, he's under contract the next two seasons. So you would get him under contract at a reasonable cap hit, $4.5 It's not terrible. 
And it's a guy that's, uh, you know, still can do plenty of things offensively and can really help you in that regard. And I think too, Jordan, if you take a look at this past season, every time I felt like we were talking about, is this the point when the Flyers were going to turn the corner? I felt like it was always uh, when Shane Gostasbear was driving their offense and their power play, and that was looking good. Of course, the amount of goals they gave up on the other side was kind of nullifying all of that progress they were making on offense. But I felt like the tipping point with the Flyers, when they were near looking like the team that we kind of expected them to be, was always when Shane Gostasbear was at the top of his game. And I think if he's chosen by Seattle and told you are the top power play quarterback, that's going to give him confidence. And of course, I've said this on the po- this podcast many a times before. I don't know if I've ever seen an athlete in sports affected by confidence as much as this player is affected by confidence. When he's not confident, he's almost a total liability on the ice. And when he's confident, when any given night, he could be your best player. Truly, confidence drives Shane Gossespierre. He has even admitted that. He said when he's a confident player – um, he believes he's a unique defenseman and uh, that he does things that other guys can't do. He, he is driven by confidence. And when you're a mobile guy like him that needs to push the envelope offensively, you have to be confident. If you're second, second guessing your decision making, like you said, Joe, you will be a major liability. You will hurt your team, not help. And with Shane Gossesper, Joe, we've heard a lot about he needs a new, he needs new scenery. He needs a fresh start, a new beginning. Um, that stuff gets around throughout the league and Shane Gossespierre has heard his name in trade rumors. He's been waived. Um, and that's been going on for about two plus years now. So that stuff gets around the league and you would have to think Seattle would be open-minded to that. Hey, we could be Shane Gossespierre's fresh start. Let him come in, be with the coach he's played with, um, a coach he's familiar with and give him a role, uh, that he knows he excels in and, uh, and, and can really help. So I think that just makes him, without a doubt, the most appealing to the Kraken. Right. And Jordan, if you look at it too, in this past season, it was evident as in previous seasons, but maybe most evident this past season, that Shane Gossespierre has some leadership qualities, which an expansion team is going to need. This past season, when somebody needed to say something, a lot of times it was Shane Gossespierre. Now that wasn't always a great thing. There was the one game, if you remember, and I'm forgetting, maybe I'm forgetting which game this was, but he came out and he said he flat, that we flat out lost our identity. Yeah. Th- those were the exact words he used. Now, you can bet that didn't go over great with all the players in the locker room, but he felt like obviously something needed to be said, and he was the guy willing to go up to the podium and say that. And to that point, we hadn't heard someone say something like that. And, um, you know, again, it's to his detriment sometimes, but – it also shows leadership and, and more than just leadership, it shows the willingness to be a leader. And I feel like in hockey teams are always looking for those guys that are willing to be a leader. And I think Shane has shown that both on the ice as well as off the ice. Indeed. Not only are you getting a player that you can think can really help you on the ice, but he's been around now. He's 28 years old. He's played in a big market like Philadelphia. He's kind of seen it all in terms of the good, the bad, and, um, and the pressure that, that comes with playing his position in a market like Philadelphia. So that would make him even more attractive, I think, to the Kraken. And he's experienced playoff disappointments and things yeah. that, you know, 
things that you want to say make a player uh, harder and more seasons of a player, he, he's experienced those here in Philadelphia. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe, with this expansion draft coming up on July 21, we just looked at the most appealing player on the back end to the Kraken on the Flyers roster. Who do you think would be the biggest loss for the Flyers on the back end if the Kraken were to take a defenseman? I'm going to say Shane Gostas-Bear again because of the reasons that I just um, – uh, now, of course, we don't know what the Flyers are going to do in this offseason yet. Um, there's an immense amount of pressure on Chuck Fletcher to improve this roster. Um, there's a glaring need on the blue line for a top-pair defenseman. And that top-pair defenseman, whoever it may be, you would assume they want a guy that can quarterback the power play. But as the roster stands right now – I believe they only have one guy that can truly quarterback a power play, and that is Shane Gossespierre. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I think losing him would be the biggest loss that they could have out of those guys because of the skills he brings on the offensive side and his ability to drive the offense of the team. Um, he's great at um, – and, you know, we've heard a number of analysts do the talk about the 10 and two thing, the guys putting their skates at 10 and two and kind of working along the blue line. That's not necessarily a strength of a guy like Ivan Provorov's game, but it is a strength of Shane Gostaspare's game. And that seems to be a big part of quarterbacking that power play. Is it, a, it the ability to do the 10 and two thing and move along the blue line get pucks on the net and kind of see the whole game in front of you. And to me, that, that absolutely would be the most glaring loss. Now, and again, this is being said without knowing what the Flyers' plans are or what they're going to do in free agency to address some of the, you know, quite frankly, the gaping holes on this roster that uh, we've all talked about uh, seemingly ad nauseum at this point. Truly. Um... Joe, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say Justin Braun, maybe not as popular a pick among fans in terms of biggest loss on the back end, but I think it would be Braun for a couple of reasons. One, I think the Flyers severely lacked experience last year on the back end when they lost Matt Niskanen, that well-publicized retirement, that that well-publicized void on the back end that the Flyers had. um, They really, really struggled, and I think they missed experience back there guys that can prevent goals, kill plays, and get the puck going north. I thought Justin Braun was one of their more consistent defensemen last season, last season being 2020-21. And I think they're looking for experience. They're looking for proving guys this offseason. You lose a Justin Braun, and suddenly you have another hole there, a guy that's a stay-at-home guy, understands goal prevention, has been there, done that. So I'm going to say Justin Braun. Because I think if they lost Shane Gossespierre, while it would be a loss and why I think very highly of his game and his offensive skills, I think there are guys that could step in and fill Shane Gossespierre's void. I think there's a Cam York that can do that, a guy that has power play quarterback written all over him, a guy that they want in camp pushing for a roster spot next season. So I think there's guys that can step up and be a power play quarterback, can provide the offense that Shane Gossespierre does. I'm not sure they have a guy, at least right now in-house, that can do what Justin Braun does in terms of just being steady back there, 
killing plays, literally preventing goals, keeping the puck out of the Flyers' net. I think that would be a big loss in my mind, the biggest among the four. And I think also what might make the Flyers be willing to stomach the loss of Shane Gossesbear would be the cap hit, uh, his $4.5 million cap hit for the next season and the following. That would be a nice little uh, breathing room money-wise for the Flyers. So I think Shane Gossesbear would help in that regard if he was taken by the Kraken. Uh, of course, they would lose his, his role and his responsibilities and what he does, but they would have more cap flexibility, whereas if they took it, if the Kraken take a Braun or Robert Haig, uh, they're not going to get as much cap flexibility. So I think Justin Braun would be a much bigger loss. That's just my opinion, um, because I, th- I think the Flyers really need help back there. They love the most goals in hockey. Uh, they're trying to address that now. If you lose Justin Braun, then suddenly you have more of a hole to fill again. You know, what's interesting is you, as you're talking about Braun, I'm thinking about it. Over the last couple of seasons, it seemed like there was the points in the season generally near the beginning where uh, you, you heard a lot of like, oh, this guy's done. He can't skate. He can't do this. And then there were points later in the season and even in the playoffs, in the bubble playoffs, where you were like, you know, Justin Braun's really playing well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was kind of like the opposite of what you would expect from a guy that's, an, you know, an aging veteran. You would expect him to start off and fade. It seems like Braun goes the other way. He starts off and then gets better as the season goes, which that in, a, in itself is another very valuable aspect to a team that's trying to establish an identity right off the bat here as an expansion team. Yeah, he really did. Even in his first season, 2019-20, did not have a great start. And I think a lot of people were like, wow, we gave up, you know, draft pick for this guy. Um, there was times where he had gotten, you know, the one thing he lacks is speed. So there's times where he gets exposed to that flaw. And, uh, and that happened earlier on in his first season. And I think some people were like, man, Justin Braun is not the guy we needed. We did not need to go up a pick for him. And then he just got really better from like Christmas on until the pause. And then this season as well, you had so much um, lack of stability on the back end, but that was one guy that was just kind of always there. He played on the top pair with Provrov. He climbed down the pairs. He, he was helping kill penalties when they were struggling to really do so. Um, so just a steady guy. Again, if the Flyers lose him, like I'm not acting like he's just this loss that the Flyers cannot make up in whatsoever. Just in terms of their, like his responsibilities, his leadership, his, um, his presence, I think that would be a loss. I just really think it would, um, given that they're really, they just had a nightmare time preventing goals last year. And Justin Braun is one guy that really has the experience in, in helping do that. So I just think that would be a loss. Whereas I think with Shane Gossespair, you have some guys that can maybe step in and fill his shoes. Um, but it will be very interesting to see. It, 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 Joe, I think I, an added element to the interest and intrigue of the expansion draft was Dave Haxall being named head coach of the Kraken. Suddenly, Absolutely. now he's very familiar with this team. Absolutely. I mean, we mentioned earlier, he, he was the guy here when, when Shane Gossespair came up, and he saw what Ghost's effect on the team was in that particular season. Um, he then had his downs with Shane Gossespair, you know, healthy scratching him a couple times the following season. So he's had his ups and downs. Of course, you know, being a hockey guy, he's seen Justin Braun. He didn't coach him um, here. But, you know, it, it's, it's definitely an added piece to the puzzle. And, you know, it's also one that we didn't realize was going to happen because I don't think anybody 
was saying, I, I didn't see a whole bunch of buzz talking about Dave Hacksaw being a candidate for that job, let alone being the guy. No, exactly. I think there was like little, very little rumblings that yes, he, you know, he's a former head coach uh, that's been an assistant on the Maple Leafs. But like you said, he, everyone was surprised. Everyone yeah. was. I think you think with expansion, you think get a guy with immense experience. Dave Hashtall doesn't have immense experience. He's had one NHL head coaching gig and he came out of college. Joe, let me ask you this though. Do you think the protecting of Provorov, Sanheim, Myers, is that the no brainer in your opinion? Or do you think maybe the Flyers could go protect eight skaters? Maybe they go 4D, four forwards. Um, how do you think that that could evolve? I think it makes sense to protect those three on the blue line because of the youth of them. I mean, Provorov's a no brainer, but the, you know, we talked a lot about how Sanheim needs to stop being a young player in terms of the perception of him. Myers is still a young player though. And that, um, you, you can't, you can't um, leave that open to give up on a guy too early. And, you know, a, a youthful defenseman like that who can skate like Myers, I think would be an attractive guy to a team like Seattle. And I, I just don't think it's time to do that. So I think it makes sense the way we think they're going to go. I think it makes sense to do it that way. I agree. I don't think there's any real reason for the Flyers to go eight skaters and try to protect 4D and four fours. So I really do think they'll go seven and three, seven, four is 3D. And I think you have to protect Provorov as we know. And I just don't think he can really give up on Travis Sanheim or Philip Myers. Too much upside, too much size, too much youth there. Um, they're still young guys. Uh, Travis Sanheim, a former first round pick, Philip Myers with all the potential in the world with his size and mobility. You just can't give up on those guys. I, I spoke to Keith Jones the other day about Sanheim and Myers for a story on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. And I asked him, I said, Myers looks like he'll be protected, right? And he left and said, I sure hope so. He's like, he would be snatched up in a second. So uh, I, I think Seattle would do their homework on those guys. And if they see them unprotected, uh, yeah, they'll go, I think, within a blink of an eye. Jordan, before we uh... – wrap up here i just feel like i should mention the the last podcast we did when we talked about free agent targets on the stanley cup final team and you mentioned blake coleman yeah. and then he goes out and scores maybe the goal of the year yeah. the other night in game two with 0.3 seconds on the clock in the second yeah. period he he scores a diving goal that if anybody hasn't seen it you have to go look it up because this was um one of the more dynamic goals you're going to see in the Stanley Cup final that I can ever remember in my lifetime. I mean, both because of the, the physical difficulty of scoring a goal like that yeah. and the time that was on the clock, it's such a deflating goal to the opponent when you – I mean, what's the cardinal sin in hockey is giving up the, a goal in the last minute of a period. What about the last second of a period? Yeah. That, what was it, Joe, with 0.3, I think, left? 0.3 seconds, yeah, 0.3 seconds. And, um, it, it, I mean, totally deflating to the Canadians. And, you know, yeah. um, hats off to Luke Richardson for the job he did. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Dominique Ducharme will be back behind the bench for uh, the Canadians from this point on as long as this series goes. And it, it, it is a real shame that the Canadians are only going to be able to have 3,000 and change in, in that building in the Bell Center because you can imagine – in a Stanley cup final, what that building would be like if it was filled to capacity, but that 
that can the, the government in both in Canada and Quebec in particular not ready for uh, full capacity crowds yet. But um, you know, it, Luke Richardson did a did a. I don't want to say a, adequate isn't even remotely close to what he did. Yeah. Um, filling in because of the COVID situation with their head coach did just a, a great job. And we'll see obviously how this series plays out uh, moving forward here with game three. Yeah. Good for him, Joe, for getting that experience. And also you really hope and think that he probably boosted his, his job status or his, um, his attractiveness maybe when uh, head coaching jobs become open uh, in years to come uh, that, that should, that, that what he did with the Canadians in this, in this type of circumstances should only help him. And yeah, Joe, that Blake Coleman goal. I, I wonder if Blake Coleman and his agent heard a couple of chings there um, in the bank because I think teams are going to see that goal and it's going to it's going to make teams want Blake Coleman even more when he hits uh, unrestricted free agency. If I'm if I'm if I'm Blake Coleman's agent, I say look at the game, yeah. the magnitude of the game, look at the time, and look at the play. Most importantly, that he makes to score this goal and the impact that that goal had on the game. It wasn't like he scored the sixth goal in a six nothing game yeah. and made it look spectacular. It was the most important goal of the game. Yeah. And I think I saw John Cooper, the head coach of the lightning talking about Blake Coleman being one of the guys that really put the lightning over the top. Uh, the acquisition at the trade deadline last season um, and how crucial he was to their Stanley cup title last year. And then obviously right now he's playing an integral role on a team that's looking like they're very close to, winning back-to-back Stanley Cups, um, just a very good player. And, man, the fact that he makes only $1.8 million, uh annually. Incredible. It's insane. Yeah. And, and, and as we mentioned in that pod, with the Lightning and all their star power, he, Blake Coleman's played up and down that lineup. Of course, we're not entrenched with that team every single day, so I don't know that he hasn't complained about it. But you never hear rumblings of him being dissatisfied with his role. Of course, no. when you're winning Stanley Cups, and yeah. play for Stanley Cups. Generally, guys aren't going to complain about anything. Um, but man, he uh, he probably vaulted up a few rungs on the free agent ladder with that play the other night. I think he did. I, I didn't say it last podcast, but he he just reminds me of like a better Scott Lawton, and I like Scott Lawton a lot. And I think he's had some pretty good seasons over the past couple of years. And he did, Blake Coleman just reminds me of like a better Scott Lawton. Um, I just think he would be a great addition. I, I know Joe, you you think he would be a good one as well. Um, a guy that will be out there on the market for sure. Um, but Joe, this has been fun. As always, we're going to be talking so much more expansion draft, but this was a fun way to start tapping into it now that July is here and that expansion draft is coming up on the 21st of the month. Uh, we'll have more free agent talk as well. And we'll have NHL draft talk, um, as well. But Joe, thank you so much as always. Great chatting with you. Uh, especially thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer, and Flyers fans, thank you as well, as always, for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.